This is the Evil Squid Comics Podcast, episode 16. I'm Drew. I'm Don. I'm Scott. And tonight we have a special guest, Mr. Chris Grine, cartoonist extraordinaire. That's questionable. So, all right, and so we are the Evil Squid Comics Podcast. We get together about every couple weeks, and we talk about comic books and movies that we've seen, TV shows we're watching, and uh, apparently we're doing interviews now, so that's cool. We so, yeah, we, way, way back in the day, we used to do interviews. We used to do interviews. But uh, we haven't done it for a really long time. So. No. So we're going to be really bad at it. That's right. So hey, I'm really bad at it, too. I need, some, I need some practice anyway, so it's good. Whatever. I saw you on that uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, panel or whatever with Rana Tegelmeyer and a couple others. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I, uh, I, was, I had to change my shirt after that. <laughs> <laughs> I sweat through that, the little five-minute thing. I, yeah. had to, I had to restart it like five or six times because I just could not talk. I was so nervous. Was that I, for the Was that for the Animorphs stuff or was that for something? Yeah, it was for Animorphs. Yeah. Okay. That's Scholastic, right? Yeah. So one of the questions I was thinking about was if if San Diego would have happened, would you have maybe gone out there then? Would they have brought you out there for that? Or I don't know if they people? would have brought me out there, um, but. I think they probably, if there was any presence at all with, uh, with Animorphs first classic, um, at that time, then yeah, I would have been there. I would have made sure I was there no matter what. Right. Have you ever been to, have you ever been to San Diego? Uh, I've been there two times. Uh, one time was, uh, I got nominated for an Eisner in 2006. Um, Was that for Chicken Hair? Yeah. The first Chicken Hair book. And then, uh, then we went back a few years later just to enjoy the show because, um, I felt like, you know, the first time you're there, it was just so overwhelming. It was awesome, but overwhelming. And, and I also had other things to deal with then too. So my wife and I went back a few years later and it was, it was a lot more fun and chill. Cause I didn't have any kind of. Nice. I'm, I'm assuming you didn't win. I did yeah. not win. No, no. Who'd you lose to? Yeah. Who'd you lose to? Do you remember? I think the guy that that draws Gumby. I can't think of his name. Uh, oh, what is that guy's name? That <laughs> yeah, reminds me of uh, Eddie Murphy, the old Gumby. Don't yeah. get off my shelf, but uh, yeah. Oh, Bob Burden, is that right? Bob Burden, yeah. yeah. No, no, he's no Bob Burden's the flaming carrot guy. I think. No, Rick Geary. Is it Rick Geary? Maybe. Well, whoever was doing it, I lost. He was doing Gumby for a while. He did a bunch of these. Uh, he did some, like, uh, he would do adaptations of, like, other classic novels, like The Invisible Man and stuff. He did lots of cool stuff. Rick Geary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, you don't know ahead of time, then, if you win or lose, do you? You have to go to the actual event. <laughs> it's just like yeah, awesome. you had to go. All you know is the nominations. You get there. And, yeah, but yeah. I always kind of got the feeling sometimes that people knew ahead of time whether they are going to win or not, because sometimes they would his favorites. Well, I think some people just weren't there. Hmm. Okay. They were partying too hard, couldn't make it. It was just, it was an honor to be nominated, right? <laughs> it, it really was, because that was my first thing. Yeah. But, but, you know, so sincerely, it was just an honor to be nominated for that. But, yeah, was I like the one. <laughs> what was the category then, like original graphic uh, novel? Uh, best title for a younger audience. I'm looking at my, okay. I have a little uh, thing, a little framed thing they gave me. Oh, nice. So, cool. Nomination. Nice. 2006. Yeah. That, when, did, when did, when's the last time we went? 2009? 
2010. Yeah, we were there. I took. Last time took, I was there. Last time you were there? I, don't I know. think. I think I was like 2013. Well, you guys were alternating. I think I went last yeah. time I went was 2010. Don always choked. He never went. No, nah, I never had any money. It's gotten very expensive, and I mean, good luck finding a hotel anywhere near. No, no, I hook us up. My yeah. my wife's aunt and uncle live in San Diego. We just uh, stay with them. Yeah, and and they and they drive us to the Chicana and pick us up. Well, that's very convenient. That's <laughs> for a while when you and, guys own your had that website. You guys were getting tickets. I yeah, and we got free tickets for a while because we had a diamond account. They would give us free tickets over here. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Gee, yeah, right? that was the only way you can get tickets. I can't get tickets anymore. It's I get, too hard to get. Yeah, no, I got yelled at one time because I was in line waiting for Brian Michael Bendis at the Marvel booth, and the ride was there. And I wouldn't leave the line because I was like two people back and I've been waiting there forever. They were actually closing the show for the day and Bendis wouldn't leave until he signed everybody in line. They had actually had like the people that worked for Sant, like the volunteers are like, you got to wrap it up. We're closing the building. And Bendis is like, nah. And he wasn't just autographing. He'd sit there and talk too to everybody that came up. <laughs> that is Drew. Drew kept calling me or texting me. He's like, where are you? They're here. We're waiting. We're in the car. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm two people away. I'm yeah. like, I can't leave. Yeah, it was very awkward. He was, yeah, it was, it was a bad situation, but. That exact same type of thing happened when I went to uh, Star Wars Celebration last year there in Chicago. Uh-huh. And Ray Park, he was doing the same damn thing where he was just talking to yeah, everybody. Yeah, celebrities And I was in his yeah. line. You know, and everything, and they kept coming up there and going, "You got to wrap it up." They're tearing down everything around, you know, type things and stuff. And he's still like talking with everybody and whatever. Yeah, oh, it was hilarious. It's, I mean, I, I'd I'm rather, funny. yeah, I'd rather see that happening as opposed to when everybody's mad because, you know, one of the celebrities is just kind of being a jerk. You know. Oh, exactly right. Yeah. Well, that was the amazing thing that when I seen Ray Park, he was making everybody just laugh, you know, and everything. You know, his line was taking forever, but. uh Geez, he made sure that it was kind of special for everybody that was going That's through. awesome. I love hearing that stuff. Yeah. Who, who was the guy they had from uh, one of the one of the doctors from Doctor Who, but he was also in The Hobbit, the um, Radagast. What's that guy's name? Uh, oh, you know what I'm talking no, about? Doctor Who. We have seen The Hobbit, though. They yeah, had, Radagast. Sylvester was, uh, McCoy or something like that. Is that his name? I'd have to look yeah. it up. Anyway, he was at PlanetCon one year, and this was like – an hour before the show started, you know, kind of when they just let us in. And here comes this dude riding around on one of the security carts, driving all over the place, like chasing after security guards and like just laughing. He, was, no, man, he had just stolen one and was driving around and he wasn't going to And that was just hilarious. <laughs> wow. it's awesome. So what kind of comics did you read when you were growing up? Did you read comics? Growing up, like... Probably I didn't really read any comics until middle school. Okay, what did you read? Uh, I got started on uh, somebody started me on Wolverine, which you know, okay. Wolverine's great. But I then I then I found stuff like The Tick, and, uh-huh. and which in Bone and things like that, which were much much more cartoony um, and funny, and uh, that's when I realized like that's that's what I want to do. I want to do my own stories and I want them to be funny and, and an adventure and stuff. So that's, that's what I was reading first, but before that I've always really been into like, you know, um, TV and movies and stuff. That was my, and still is my big inspiration and the thing that I go to most, but, um, yeah. more animation than actual comic books, you think? 
What do you say? Probably more animation than actual comic books. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel like in retrospect now, I probably should have maybe gone because I went to I went to Kansas City Art Institute, um, and then I transferred to another art college with a degree in illustration. I feel like I probably should have maybe looked into animation stuff or at least storyboarding or something because I think that's where. I really find a lot of joy and that's why I like doing the comics and stuff. Cause it's just sequential art and setting up stuff. So yeah, I think it all just kind of bleeds together at some point for me. Did you watch a lot of Saturday morning cartoons? Yes. I still watch a lot of Saturday morning. Cartoons. <laughs> much, I guess 99% of the stuff I watch on TV is adult swim or set or morning cartoons on cartoon network. And it's just me. I mean, that's when the kids come in, they get mad because they want to watch HGTV or something. But I'm like, no, I'm watching Amazing World of Gumball or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> My wife was making fun of me the other day because I was watching Rebels on Saturday morning or something like that. Show. Yeah, you need to educate your wife. That's a really good show. <laughs> Actually, I think she's been watching some of them. She kind of enjoys it. Well, on one of the streaming services, I think it's, um, I think it's Amazon, but I'm not sure. They've got uh, the old Thundercats. They have all of them on there. Oh, wow. I think I've seen and, that. And, and no, so I... Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. I started watching it, like, I don't know, last week or the week before. And our grandson was over there. And he was staying... And uh, he was down there. And my wife was upstairs. And I guess he went up and told her that Grandpa was watching cartoons or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, he could, and I'm like, it's Thundercats, man. I'm like... I don't know that I – I used to watch it, but I didn't watch it religiously. Like, I don't know if I've ever even seen the very first episode, like, when they go away on the ship. And so, I mean, I started it from episode one and watched, like, the first four or five. But I didn't realize – but one of the reasons why I think I really like – that's uh, the – is it Baskins? Not Baskins. Uh, the the guys that did uh, – Ralph Bakshin? Uh, no, not Bas Baskin. Who did the, the old Hobbit? That's oh, rough. That's is it Bashki? Yeah. Okay, and that's who it is. It's it's Bashki and and somebody or oh. whatever. Well, I wouldn't have guessed that. Wow. I they did well, it was somebody. <laughs> I thought that's who it was. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, look it up. The I animation mean, thing though with the, with the Masters of the yeah. Universe stuff too. I mean, I've got all that wow. digital. He Man. I'll just watch He Man all day long. I mean, every episode's pretty much the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the old ones the most. Yeah, some of those don't hold up well for me because no, they, they don't hold up at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the animation is very good. The animation is really good. I mean, it's almost like the Japanese anime or whatever on like that. the on opening. Thundercats. The opening sequence of Thundercats is like really good animation, but the show itself the, not that great. The show's not that bad. I mean, it's I was impressed with it because it wasn't like you get the the still shots, yeah. you know, like all that. They don't have that. Like it's it's pretty fluid, pretty man. Fluid. Mm. Cool. I'm I'm looking it up right now. Because, all right, you look it up. I, but it, it, I don't know. All right, so when did you start making your own comics, or how did you get into starting making Professionally, comics? or like when, like, are you talking about like growing up, when was I drawing my own comics? Yeah, that too, but also then how did it evolve into actual, you know, trying to like actually make comics that you would sell to other people? Well, okay, so, I mean, I think like a lot of the people in comics, you know, I think, I mean, I was always working on, you know, my comic that I was doing, mm -hmm. there was... Middle school, high school, even in college a little bit, I was always, I always had like a, you know, a sketchbook filled with like panels and stuff. And I was 
but I was more into like just creating hilarious characters at that time or parodies of whatever. I didn't really know what I was going to do with it, but, um, and then, you know, I went to, I went to art school and, and, uh, got a degree in illustration. That's where I was like, all right, now it's time to be professional. <laughs> no more of this comics and cartoon stuff, right? It's time to go get a real job. So, um, put my stuff out there and I ended up getting hired at Hallmark. Uh, so I was doing the greeting card thing for a while and what I'd been there probably about four years or so when I was like, you know, I got all this time in the evening and this was like before we had kids and stuff. And <laughs> my wife yeah. would come home. She's an artist too. But she likes to sew and do stuff like uh, making costumes and stuff like that a lot. So she'd be doing that. And I, and I would be like just messing around on the computer or doing whatever. And I was just decided that I would, try my hand at, at like maybe I'll do like a 24 page comic and so I kind of just made something up as I went and it was next time I see you guys maybe I'll try to remember um there was an original version of chicken hair that's nothing like any of it, it got re and uh, so it basically I did like a 24 page thing and then uh I snuck into Hallmark one weekend and printed like 30 copies <laughs> something and uh but anyway uh not really or maybe am i lying who knows <laughs> um so basically and this was like in 2004 for me or whatever and i don't at that time i didn't know anybody in comics like um at all i didn't even know there was a community in kansas city or anything so i didn't talk to anybody i just went on to all the publishers websites like image and dark horse all the ones that were at least creator owned and they have a they they may not anymore, but there used to be like little drop downs for submissions. Yeah, and they probably. Still do. I just wrote that stuff down, put it in a bag, and you know, and mailed all these things off to everybody. And and I got rejection emails within like a day. <laughs> wow. I was like, that was fast and hurtful. They were all really really nice though. Um, but yeah, I was rejected like across the board. So I was like, well, that will that sucked. <laughs> and then. But I, but I took some of their like advice. A lot of them just had little, little advice, little things they had. So I was like, just kind of reworking it because that wasn't like something I was super in love with. I was just throwing something out there and see what happened. And then about, I want to say like two months later, I just got a random email from an editor at Dark Horse who had seen my stuff in the submission pile. And even though it wasn't right for what they were doing, she wanted to know if I had anything else I was working on or how, you know, what was going on. And, and so she kind of helped me uh, figure out the first chicken hair book, kind of what that was. And then that's kind of how I got started. So it was kind of backwards. A lot of things I do are completely backwards and <laughs> probably infuriating to people who try to do it the right way. I just never know what I'm doing. And I usually end up at least facing the right direction. So, Yeah, I don't think there is a right way. I think everybody's story is just a little bit different, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was I was listening to an interview podcast with uh, John McRae. I don't know if you know who that is. He no. doesn't read comics. He just told me. Yeah. Well, anyway, he he had I kind may of know the art or the writing, but I, you know, I yeah. He did he did Hitman with uh, Garth Ennis, and he did anyway. He's been around for a while. He's he's a like a Scottish guy, or I think he's from Scotland. But anyway, he was. It's kind of a similar story. He was like he would he would send in you know, uh, submissions to all of them, like once a week, you know, like one week he said he'd send them to Marvel. Then the next week he'd send them to DC. And then the next week he'd, and he just kept doing that and doing that and doing that for like two or three years. And he just kept, you know what I mean? So like, 
at, at a lot of the artists that you listen to interviews or talk to them, you know, they're, they're kind of the same way. Like Todd McFarlane is like one of the, you know, most notorious. He's like, I got like 300 rejection letters, you know, and he like saved them all. And so, but yeah, it, the, the thing I take away from it is that, you know, you just have to be persistent, keep doing it. And eventually you'll get, you'll get better or, you know, you'll catch a break or whatever, but. I don't think I would have hung in there for 300 rejection letters. I think I would have just taken a hint. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that it was 300. It, I may be exaggerating, but I, I I'm just saying, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. by the time you started like going to conventions and selling your stuff, had you already had chicken hair like published by Dark Horse as like a book? Yeah, so that's kind of how like that cartoonist guy who was doing fan art or making like little mini comics. Oh, I've never done anything before. So the first chicken hair book comes out. I'm like, I I don't know. I'm where am I supposed to? What? How do you do any of this? And then, uh, and I didn't know anybody, any of the guys. And uh, so there's a comic book shop in Lee Summit, uh, and and they were like, Yeah, you want to come in and do a do a signing. You know, and I was like, you know, I don't, that sounds awesome. Uh, it was, but it was like, I don't, I think like one or two people came in the whole time, but that's at the time, that's where Dennis Hopeless was working. <laughs> nice. Uh, at least part time. I'm not sure what, what, what the story is on that. So, and that was two, that would have been 2006. So that was, it was like 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, so he was making fun of me the whole time from like <laughs> three feet away at the, at the cash register being Dennis he was just being Dennis and that's kind of how we kind of met and and all that and then so I think I, I behind oh Rosen, can yeah. you hear me yeah, yeah you just cut out for a little bit oh can you hear me yeah yeah yeah, I think you're back. yeah everything froze up for a minute yeah okay so anyway I heard I through him or through somebody he put me in contact with I got to like some of the the local shows um and a few of them have gone away now but i was like i just showed up in like my little nice shirt with a collar and you know <laughs> have you guys ever seen me in a collar no, no, no. But, you know and so i showed up and i'm just like standing there and that's when i think i met uh, kevin mellon and kyle and uh just a couple of other guys um and and that's kind of how it just kind of got going but yeah what was so? This is two thousand six. What was Kyle doing? Seven, two thousand six or seven or so. Was he doing? No, he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't doing anything. Was he was, was doing Dennis, some some like experimental like art sketches and stuff? They were yeah. real, real creepy at the time, like real weird. Almost looked like a like scratch board kind of thing or something. Yeah. We, I mean, I awesome. liked them a lot. They were just a little creepy looking. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant. Was, was that's what I meant by doing. I meant, did he have anything published at that point? No, I don't think so. he had anything published at that time, but maybe he did. I just don't think he did yet. Yeah. Was Dennis? Was he writing anything at that point? Him and Kevin were working on Gearhead, and I think okay. that had come out or that was getting ready to come out. Gotcha. Um, yeah. It's all, it feels like forever ago, but <laughs> we were yeah, I mean, children then. Then I don't know. I feel years. Wow. Yeah, it is. Um, question. So um, now you've been being a full-time cartoonist since uh, you, whatever, with Hallmark, you cut ties with them, or they cut ties with you, or whatever. 
But now you're a full-time cartoonist. How is that different than when you were just doing it like on your own in the basement or at night or whatever? I think it will. Like, it's definitely be? better because then I was splitting my time. You know, like I'd come home and already be tired, and then you know we do dinner and then hang out with the kids because I always had a rule that I didn't start work in the evenings until after the kids went to bed. Um, oh. But then the kids got older and older and older, and now <laughs> my, my daughter won't go to bed till like nine thirty. So I mean, if I gotta work. That's just how it is. But, uh, yeah, so being able to do it, though, set my own hours and just work, it's been pretty awesome. I love it a lot, and I, I'm getting way more done. I'm, I'm, so it's been good. I love it, but I, I do kind of miss, you know, interacting with human beings, and I think my wife's irritated when she gets home, and I'm all like, what's your day? What's going on? You know, and she's actually been home since, uh, what, March? So, yeah, and she's she'll be home through the end of the year at least. So it's been that's been pretty nice. I actually have had some people in the house to talk to. <laughs> well, I know like a Kyle and Buddy Young share like a studio space or something. I think probably because they don't want to just sit in their house all day. Probably I couldn't do that because I I like to work any any chance I get. Like you can't just duck into a place that's like five or ten blocks away. You know, while your wife is like on the phone with her mom, or or <laughs> kids are, you know, busy playing some game, and you have a little time and you're bored. I mean, so I just can't do that. I I right. can't do that. I like to. Yeah, I'm too sporadic in the way I work. Well, that makes sense. So, do you read any comics at all now? Then, are you do you do you read anything? Is there anything that interests you that you keep up with or? I tried reading the, the uh, when the X Men stuff switched over, or switched okay. or whatever started over or whatever. Um, I I I was, God, I made quite a few issues ap- into that, but I just it came down to time for me. Like I just didn't have time anymore. Uh, I mean, like from so I finished the first Animorphs book, probably like I think right at the beginning of January of this year, and and. Uh, so starting like February 1st, I started my first book for uh, Oni that hasn't been announced yet. So I can't say it just yet, but I think it's, I think we're close to announcing it. But uh, so from, from February till la- July, so was it six months or whatever, about six months, I completely sketched, lettered, inked, and colored a 268-page graphic novel. And now I'm, I just got done penciling and almost done lettering a 200 page Animorphs book, the next Animorphs book. So, wow. Uh, I'm, I'm very busy and tired. I can't work out of the house either. Cause it's like, I, I work just whenever I have right. to work whenever. Do you, do you work like, do you just work? How, how long do you work in it? Like what's a work day for you? Eight, ten hours. Yeah, I typically hours. go to like whenever like the kids would technically go to work or why my my wife leaves for work. That's when I work, and I work. I usually so I work about I'd say anywhere from eight to four, eight to four probably on a normal day, and then I pick some up in the evening if I'm really being uh, crushed at the time. But right. I try to keep I try to keep the evenings to myself. Sometimes I don't have any days off though. That would be like even through the weekend and. So, yeah. Do you normally try to take the weekends off then, just work during the week? Or? I try to, but it doesn't always work, especially with 
I mean, we, the kids now are both in soccer, and it's just extra things all the time that kind of eat away what where my free time used to be. And I try right. to eat into my sleep because that's when that's when things go sideways um, a little bit for me. But I, so far, it hasn't been so bad. But yeah. It's, do you, do you do everything digital then? Are you are you doing everything digital? Hundred percent digital now. Every okay. time I got my iPad Pro, because before that I would still do the the penciled pages on like five by sevens. I would still I would do them real small and then blow them up in the computer and ink on top of that. Um, mm -hmm. But since I got the iPad Pro, I mean that's that goes anywhere with me, and I do all my all my pencils on that now. So what? now you can do that while you're watching the kids at soccer practice. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> do you have to have a special do you have to have a certain program then to this is a technical question and I'm just curious. So with like an iPad Pro when you ink, do you have to have like a certain program or I don't ink in I don't ink on the iPad. I know Kyle and uh Scott and a lot of the guys do. I just uh -huh. so I'm completely the only thing I do on the iPad is use Procreate and I just do sketches in that. It's just a drawing program called Procreate. Okay. Um then, and then I send it all digitally over to my computer, and then I open it in Photoshop and or uh, Clip Studio. I ink in. I do the okay Photoshop. And then you color digitally too. Yep. I mean, obviously, yeah. Photoshop. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I, that last book that you did, or the, is it the the Bones thing or Alien Bones? Alien. Alien. I I just got around. To reading that because I knew you were coming on. I've I've got I, I my Don't buys a lot crazy. of comic books. He doesn't actually read them, <laughs> right? But I do. I, we moved and then I couldn't find it and blah blah. But anyway, um, but I I was reading the credits and it said that you did the colors too. So I assumed the colors were digital, but I didn't know about everything else. So yeah. yeah. So do you get? Well, I mean, you do everything pretty much except. For, Right, he writes a lot of stuff too. Right, but this he didn't. Alien and, Bones, he and, yeah, Alien Bones. I had a partner on that, and and Animorphs, he's not. Are you writing Animorphs? Well, I'm adapting it. I can change whatever I want. Okay, is it based on the old books? Yeah, it's 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 a book for book adaptation, and I'm staying as like true to that as I can. But I I've changed stuff. I've added a lot of dialogue and stuff. So I mean, yeah. I wouldn't go as far as to say I'm I'm even a co-writer but i'm definitely punching up the jokes a little bit here and there and gotcha do you, do you have to like did they give you free reign on that or do you have to submit things or did oh, is to be here that double checks you there well the way the way scholastic works and it's a little frightening if you don't know about it going in is that they handle like books like you know how somebody would write like a like an all pros like a, a mystery novel or something right you turn in like the manuscript right and then they read through it, and that's when the editing and stuff begins. Well, on the graphic novel, say, you know, the 230-page Animorph book I finished last year or the one I just got done penciling or whatever, I have to do all the pencils and all the lettering and word balloons and send that in. That's the manuscript. That's the first time they see it. And so that's a heck of a lot of work. Um, yeah. But – that said, I mean, yeah, I could have messed up really bad and they could have had a lot of notes, you know, like things that weren't working or whatever, but I didn't stray from the book that much. And I guess I didn't mess anything up bad enough to merit that. So it was, it was relatively easy going. 
did you get so you just get like a handful of comments and then have to tweak some things around or was it just pretty much that they, they didn't have any notes to move anything around for the first one oh, right. lots of just art notes and um and just editorial and things like that which is just general stuff but um yeah it, i mean i feel like they've given me free reign but i have tried to respect the source material as much as possible because i'm not a big fan of going to a movie or a tv show that's based on a book that i love and somebody has butchered it and not because to make it work you know cinematically but because they just had they to did it all over they just had to change it to change it like yeah um so while they they gave me free reign i think i probably could have changed something if i felt like it wasn't working or if i had a better idea but i mean it it, the book was the book is pretty solid that book one is pretty solid so there was really nothing to the waters basically i guess so were you familiar then with the animorphs series before you got the job there with it or is that something where they said hey we'd like you to Kind of adapt if I w- if I was interested in it um, uh, because that that series came out started in '96 and it ended in 2001 and there's like 54 books. Wow. Um, it's it's crazy amount of books. But so and I started college in '95, so I missed it by like a year. So while I was aware of them because they had those cr- those crazy like covers that have become memes and stuff. You know what I'm talking about the Animorphs book. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I forget where I was going now. Uh, oh my god! Were you a fan of Animorphs before? Oh yeah, thank you. Um, so I guess I hadn't read the books, but I was a fan of the covers because they were just so weird. And uh, then I had read a few synopsises because there was times where I was just trying to catch up on some reading, like post college. Like, what did I miss? And I worked at Barnes. I worked at Borders for a little while. I just never really picked got into it, especially when I saw that there was like fifty four books. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know about that. That's a commitment. Uh, <laughs> at the time, you know, that just and so when they came to me, like I was aware of it and I know that there's still a huge fan base for it. And uh so when they when they were like, Would you be interested? I was like, Absolutely. You know, I would love to, you know, to to do that. And I had to submit some pages of uh, some how I would adapt a scene basically or a couple scenes and uh and i ended up getting the gig i guess so but um since then i have really dug into the books and i've kind of had to 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 be able to adapt them right you know oh, yeah. i need to understand everything that's going on and uh it's, it's uh, how many pages are the books if there's 54 books are they like 200 pages a piece about 200 pages some of them are a little shorter but then the way it's written is like i mean you could have like a paragraph on a page you know where it's like and then we ran across this huge building with millions of cars and we and after we jumped down the other side we had to swim across the lake you know like all in one little paragraph in the book (laughs) i have to draw that i mean that's probably like six pages of just because of every scene change and all that stuff so that's crazy and six years you said they ran for six years uh i guess yeah so 96 through about two, two, 2001 at some point and there was a few little spin-off wow. things but yeah man 54 i think 54. i heard they were coming out like like every month or every other month 
Wow. There yeah, were, they'd have yeah. a monthly book. Yeah, I was thinking it was like they were always around 100 to 200 See, pages. I, I never really read any myself, but I think my daughter read some of them. I haven't yeah. either. I mean, I completely missed it. Like, well, I think we're all older when they came out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly and, right. My, my daughter was born yeah. in 97 and type thing. So she, you know, was read some of them after, well after the fact. Oh, that's insane. They're really dark. They're really dark at places. Um, like much you darker had, than you guys would even guess. <laughs> and, so you've had... You've had to read them all then. Well, I haven't, I haven't read all 54, no. I've read like the first 12, mm-hmm. and then I've listened to a lots of podcasts and things where people basically talk about every episode for about an hour and a half <laughs> or every every book for about an hour and a half. So I've listened to those too. And I actually get a lot from those, like just what people are excited about or what people are most excited to see. So, you know, yeah. I get to a scene where I'm like, I have to change something. You know, I try to be aware of – you know what the fans want as much because that's what I would want. Yeah, but yeah, so, you get fan mail from that, you know, based off the first one that you did or anything. Um, well, it's not out yet. October sixth. Okay. It's I, yeah, I, well, I thought I seen ads or something for it, but maybe well, I think they're too. marketing it. But okay, okay. Yeah. Like I just thought so, already. But my like, I've like doubled my Twitter followers and stuff, and it's all Animorphs fans. And yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah I, I actually love that. I mean, I love interacting with the fans. So I try to be as active on there as I can and respond to as many people as I can. But that's been really fun. That has yeah. been really fun for me. I've never really had that. So when is has it been solicited through Diamond Man? Yeah, I think it was in the last preview. Son of a bitch, I missed it. Yeah, I'm just gonna buy it on Amazon. I don't know yeah, because yeah. I was I was sure I was already I mean, seeing ads for it. In I'll Amazon, get it. So. Just I just like, assumed it was already there, but they yeah. do pre-orders a hell of a lot. Well, there's a copy when I saw you in November, but since we're not doing that, I'll hold them for a few years for you. I mean, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I appreciate that, but yeah, no, I would normally, although I did, I did wait a while, and I didn't really scour through the previews like I normally do because I was on a time crunch. But I must have missed it. But yeah, I'll. We'll pick. I'll pick it up. That's for sure. But yeah, see, um, I was thinking of picking up one for my oldest daughter, just because yeah. of the fact that I knew, she read them back. That she knew she read some of them back in the day. Cool. And then when she comes to AirCap, Chris will sign it. Yeah, yeah. It could be. I was I was going through um, photos on my phone and the picture of the Jawa that you did at the convention. Oh my the, gosh! With the yolk, with the egg. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it popped up on my on my phone, and I just. I laughed, so I miss I miss conventions. <laughs> so right. You a kick-ass Coraline for me for the, my oldest daughter. See, ah. so I gotta have her meet him, you know. Yeah. Time. Eventually, next yeah. year. Hopefully next yeah, year. Hopefully next year. I got a few more questions. I'll try and run through them real quick because we have kept you a little while. Oh no, man! I'm where? Where the hell am I going? It's fine. <laughs> you might, might want to. <laughs> it sounds like you're going to. I miss you guys. I mean, I know when we're not going to see you in November. You know, I'm kind of bummed out. So this is kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is kind of my own sort of pet kind of passion, like question, like so. I'm very fascinated with the the influence of comic book artists and how they carry through through the next generation. So my kids, I have kids kind of like you, and they all read like the Dave Pilkey and the Rana Tegelmeyer books or whatever, you know. To them, that's comic books. That's graphic novels. That's what's going to influence this generation of cartoonists. 
you know, whereas like my generation, we all read like, you know, Captain America and X-Men and whatever, you know, Batman. That was what influenced us. G.I. Joe. Yeah, or whatever. (laughs) But since you're kind of, since you were influenced differently and since you were kind of, and since you're kind of in that uh, genre of those kind of YA type graphic novels, how do you think these graphic novels are going to influence the next generation of cartoonists? Like, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of like a deep question. A deep, that's a deep question. I don't know. You mean just the Animorphs books, or or you yeah, like just, like all of, uh, it just seems graphic novels for kids are kind of exploding. Like the Dave Pilkey, the Dogman books, yeah. the Ranit the Animorphs. You know, my kid reads those Babysitter Club, which is the kind of same kind of thing where they're adapting the books into graphic novels. Or I think it's just great that. I just feel like it it's creating more and more original stuff. Like yeah. people who every generation seems like there's just more and more like creator owned or smaller press or different things that they're they're taking out and it's not just the superhero stuff. It's just yeah. more and more and better and better. And it's just becoming it's moving into just more, you know, different directions, like very young and then also some that are directed to just at adults that are maybe like just dramas and stuff and yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think it's going to just keep spreading like that. That's what I hope, anyway, because I think that's those are some of the more interesting projects. Uh, another little kind of fanboy question. What's a, your Marvel DC Grail character? Like, if you did, like, a run for Marvel DC, which character would you, like, want to touch? Even though it's not really in your style, necessarily. Man, I just, I don't even know. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> no, it would be Marvel. It would be Marvel. Marvel, would be Marvel. Yeah, it would be. But I just don't. I don't know who it would be specifically. I mean, God. The Watcher. Oh, no. I mean, I still love Wolverine, and I still love you know Spider-Man and stuff. So I don't yeah. know. Like Spider-Man. Would that would be if I got hired to do that. I mean. They, they true. miscast me if they, somebody hired me to draw that. No one's going to want that. <laughs> no one's no one. Do you have any – you've been super busy, but are you going to do any more Wicked Crispy? Yeah, Wicked Crispy. Eventually, I want to, yeah. Um, I mean, there is, <laughs> there is a contract, you know, technically right now for it for a, a public – you know, a, a printed book yeah. at some point. Uh and uh, it's supposed to be going on to Comixology really soon. It's nothing new. Though. It's not going to be anything new because that's what I used to do when I was in between projects. Right. Uh, um, and then I ended up with six graphic novels in three years, and I just – there's no time. Um, those little windows and months I had of nothing or two weeks of nothing – uh, there's there hasn't been one of those in a while, and that's why there's no new Wicked Crispy. Maybe maybe me and Drew need to find out what your page rate is, and we can hire you to do, <laughs> do, a wicked, do more Wicked Crispy. Yeah, but I don't, but I can't because I can't even do what I got to do right now. So bad. Oh my gosh, there's not enough Chris Grind to go around. Yeah, there's this and the. And the book you're doing for Oni, is that one that had started with Lion Forge that kind of got moved over to Oni yes. when they merged? Yes. Okay. As soon as oh, wow. as soon as we had, you know, signed the deal, the contract and everything was done, it was like the very next day or the next week was like that that news of the murder and I and I was like, Oh God, you know, does that <laughs> what does that do? 
Uh, but no, it was one of the, I guess a lot of stuff got canceled, but like for whatever reason, like they wanted to hang on to this one. So that was good. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And that'll be announced soon, you think? What's that? That'll be announced pretty soon, you think? Yes. They've told me I could, uh, that I could, uh, what is it? Uh, a vague book about it. it. Just I can't say anything, and I'm like, ah, I'll just, just you know, let's just announce it, and then I'll do it. But there you go. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm really excited about that too. That's an original. That's an original series. So, and uh, yeah, it's an exclusive. I know, right? Just, <laughs> just a little bit. It'll probably be announced next week. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's announced soon because it comes. I think it comes out like late spring or so. Basically, in the next three years I'll have an Animorphs book probably every year about the same time. So around the first of first part of October and then every late spring I'll have a book through Oni part of a three book series. So that'll be oh, kind of nice. I mean, you're pretty well hooked up here for the next oh, foreseeable future. <laughs> more than you know, but I'm not, I'm not, people keep saying you shouldn't complain. That's what you wanted. You want, and no, I'm not, the only thing I'm complaining about is just how tired I am. So, <laughs> I'm not yeah. complaining that I have too much work. I love having too much work. So. Yeah, I'm sure. Love having the work, but boy, yeah. it just sure sucks at the time. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Sleep is nice. I drink a <laughs> lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so how many conventions did you used to do a year? I'm kind of unsure about Okay. Three, four, maybe just three. Yeah, kind of a homebody. I don't really like going to shows, but I go to your guys' show because I love you guys in the town and when we hang out. It's awesome. We all have a great time. I do Craig's show in Lawrence in September and then Planet. Cool. And then sometimes there'll be an odd one we'll throw in there and go out and go to like, I think there was one in Springfield last year. Uh, oh, yeah. Live yeah. on or something like that. That was, it was, that was a really good show too, so. But yep. uh, the older I get, the less excited I am about going to conventions all the time. I don't know. Well, once you get good distribution, you know, it's not like you're peddling your wares quite as much, you know. Uh, I, I was, honestly, I never really worried about peddling my wares. <laughs> shows. I mean, a lot of it for me, and I can't speak for everyone, but for me, it's always been about socializing with peers and people that I like, you know, from the industry, people were all working in the same direction. And that was always why I do the shows. I mean, I rarely break even. I, but that's not why I'm going. I mean, I'm gotcha. going to sell stuff and make new fans and, and talk to people, but I'm also going to hang out with the guys who literally could live like four miles from me and I'd still not see them because I'm <laughs> too busy to, you know, working you know, where everybody kind of just has the weekend to just chill for a little bit. And, and uh, that's, yeah. that's why I do shows. Have you seen the new stuff Kyle's been doing with his like new project? It's kind of like cartoony a little bit. Yes. I, yeah. I started posting uh, a couple of shots in color. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, uh, I'm so jealous. It is magical. Whatever that is, it's very magical. Yeah. What is yeah. he doing? Where is he posting this on? Is Instagram. It on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm not a big Instagram guy. I need That's to get on at. there. You I need know. To get on there. I'm still on Facebook. So Facebook is not. Working. I see <laughs> Kyle. He'll post stuff every once in a while on Facebook. I think. Yeah, he does sometimes. But yeah, I need. But to. he's doing. I think Scotty Young's writing it. But anyway. That's, yeah. You know, yeah. 
This is Chris Grind time. I just was curious if you'd see it's that. Fine. It's kind of he, cartoon style. Yeah. I so. dude that at that last show on that whatever it was Friday night or Saturday now Saturday night when it when they left you guys at the hotel and I just happened to pop in and I got to sit around and, and chat with you and Kyle for like I don't know an hour and a half. That was awesome. That was awesome. Great, great conversation. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I miss too. You know about the conventions is obviously it's fun to like go and dig through comic book boxes and and get commissions and get artwork but i mean most of the time when i'm at like planet or wherever i mean i'm i'm at your table i'm at buster's table i'm at kyle's table i mean i'm just shooting the shit for like an hour (laughs) until you guys get tired and shoo me away or (laughs) my wife gets tired and drags me away or whatever but you know that's that's what I miss. Just the I'm just glad that it's only once a year because you know it's just <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I have a lot of fun, but yeah. if I had to do that a lot, I would probably drive me crazy. But I like going, you know, to your point, you know, to try yeah. to see everybody, see the yeah. different art. You know, I actually liked, you know, just having a bunch <clears throat> seeing people come through, you know, and especially young kids or something get excited about something that I've owned for 20 years, or right? You know, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's. It's sad. It, it's like it's like a, a first world problem. It's like, it feels bad to like complain about it. It's almost like, oh no, we're not playing NFL football this year. You know what I mean? Like it's like I feel like yeah. it's very low on the priorities. But it's it's, it's like what we like to do. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it, it kind of sucks that we don't get to do it. But yeah, you know, yeah, it is. It's not good. But I mean. <laughs> Did you see a Mandalorian season two announced their new date? What's the date? Go. What's the date? October thirtieth. Thirtieth. Yeah. All right. When? That's not soon. We'll be here for you, That's not soon enough. That show. It's only two months. <laughs> that show is great. It's real good. I, I'm worried they got too many people joining the cast for season two. Yeah. So many yeah. people that I feel like. Is it gonna be like the bad guy of the week or something every week or something? I don't. It's too much, too much new star power jumping on, and they just don't want to overshadow the really good stuff they've got going on. You know. Yeah. It'll be interesting how they integrate Ahsoka into it or whatever. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that they necessarily needed to do that though either. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Interesting. I don't read anything ahead of time, so I have no idea what you guys are talking about. So, uh, is- I'm specifically not saying any words or names. <laughs> there you go. Did you watch any of the, the gallery, Disney oh, gallery? Yeah. Yeah. I did, too. I thought that was an excellent – for something in which it's just like an hour long or 30 minutes of the making of a 40-minute show, it was really good. I really was. That technology with the shooting in the round like that. Oh, yeah, the volume that they called it. Yeah, <sighs> that was – that's witchcraft. That is witchcraft. <laughs> well, I thought the guy that did the music or whatever, the score, the composer there, yeah, the kind of young guy, hippie-looking person or something, he was like a savant. I mean, he's just like, yeah, I picked up this thing and started beating it around and it sounded good. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah, it, that, that's there's a lot of good about that show. And the yeah. behind-the-scenes stuff was great. If I ever find time, I should watch it. Then you should definitely watch. Are you like you're kidding, right? You're kidding. Behind the scenes. I'm talking about behind the scenes. Okay, because I was going to tell you computer screen. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just I was behind when you guys did the show, so I didn't get the I didn't get the Jawa joke oh, that weekend. That weekend, yeah, because I hadn't watched that episode yet. Because it just I was, dropped on the Friday, right? Yeah. I was a little busy. Of course, if you're a true fan, <laughs> I like woke up like at like six a.m. before work I, to watch. You know that show. I'm pretty sure I woke up at 6 a.m. that Friday, but it was to drive to the TV station or whatever. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't to watch Mandalorian. <laughs> well, it dropped at like probably like 3 a.m. See, so you could have got it then or something. I, I could have. I'm, I'm not that diehard. I mean, I love it and I enjoy it, but I, I'm not quite. They made it to where I can consume it when it's convenient for me. So that's there you go. That's what I do now. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Rod, do you want to plug anything before we kind of let you go or whatever? I don't got anything. Just animal right. stuff. But animals coming animals. October 6th, you said? October 6th, yeah. And then another thing that I can't even say anything about yet. But that's going to be a pretty big deal, I think. So, you know, nice. I guess we'll, well, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Well, you want to hang out and listen to us talk about movies, TVs, and comic books? I don't know. I think I actually might try to go sl- go to sleep. All right. Well, we we yeah, understand. Get yourself no some rest or whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, it's nice to see you guys. Yeah, yeah. it was really great chatting with you. Thank you so much for doing this. Hopefully, it looks like we didn't have too many technical problems, so that's good. No. Yeah, it worked out really well. Can you guys do this with, like, more than two? Like, could you do this? Yeah, I think like, the rooms you can do as you want. Whoever you could do it with like multiple people, I believe so. Yeah, I think you can invite. It's kind of like Zoom, but through Facebook Messenger, and then you can broadcast it. Over. I don't know. I think we could get a, a whole comics creator party going in here. Might have to do cool. that. That's what that I'm thinking. Cool. The Kansas City crew there. You know? <laughs> There's yeah. too many of them. There's like uh, twenty of true. them. There's yeah. a big chunk of them. There's yeah. a big chunk. We'll just have to pick and choose. That's there you true. go. You guys can just hold a trivia night. <laughs> yeah. So we got to tune in. <laughs> yep. That's an so, idea. That's not a good idea, though. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a good night. All right. Thanks. 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 All right. Bye. Yeah, bye. Cool. All right. So, should we go ahead and finish the rest of the podcast? You want to keep doing it like yeah. this? You want to, like, rotate the camera? I don't care. I'm good. Are we going to do it live? Yeah, I think we're still live. So we'll just, I think I'll we'll just, just hang out over here. here. It was social distancing. social distancing. It was Rankin Bass. Really? Bass? Oh, Rankin Bass. Rankin Bass. Yeah, Rankin Bass. Okay, cool. And it said on here that uh, he did the Hobbit thing. I think so. Yeah. I think I guess Ralph Bashki did the uh, Lord Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's maybe. What I was confused. And then it's, Rankin Bass did Return of the King and the Hobbit. Gotcha. It said that they. The animation was outsourced to at least five Japanese animation companies. So on Thundercats? Yeah, on Thundercats. Yeah, I guess last time I saw it, I didn't think the animation was that. You should it's on um Hulu. Is what right, it is. Hulu. Oh. Get rid of well, that. Anyway, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I've got it Hulu again. So but uh yeah, anyway. Oh we can put this in front of us so it like so watch us. Yeah, so we don't have to be on camera. There you go. Our stuff in front of you. And you can set nice. stuff up there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so what are we talking about? Um, do we have any TVs and movie stuff we want to talk about? Well, obviously the big news there was uh, uh, Chadwick. Yeah. Those men, yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. Friday. It was so interesting. When he when the news broke, it's like I went to my Facebook feed, 
And I swear, since I have so many comic book, you know, fans on there, it was just scrolling like every single, like for like three, five, ten pages of scrolling. It was just then people sharing that news or whatever. Yeah. I think it was just so shocking because nobody knew nobody he was knew. sick. Yeah. yeah. And so, so and, quiet. You know what's funny? And I need to talk to my brother about this. And well, my brother was actually the one who broke the news to me. I happened to be at a fantasy football draft at the time. And he texts me and he goes, did you hear, you know, that he passed away? I was like, what? You know, I thought he was pulling my leg. I had to go, like, search real quick and go, holy shit. Yeah. But I think that he was the one that might have told me a couple of months ago. He goes, man, did you see him? He was skinny as all get out, you know, or something. Yeah, you know? I think there and, were some pictures. Well, I don't pay attention to most of that stuff. But well, I, think there I don't either, but I, there was something was in which he looked sickly or. Yeah, he posted something, you know, at one point and he looked really thin, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think my brother asked me about that or something. Yeah. Like I said, but it could have been another actor too. I don't no, know. But I would have swore it was probably this one. Now he passed away, you see some pictures of people posting of him looking kind of thin or oh, not yeah. really 100%. Well, they even showed, you know, an interview with him because they were going, wow, you're really, you know, losing some weight there, you know, what have yeah. you been doing? And he's like, oh, I've just been running, you know, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. So uh, we just watched The Five Bloods. Oh, he was in there, right? Yeah. Yes, he is. And, uh, and uh, I don't know when that was made, but it, it came recently. out last year, recently. I mean, yeah, I think it just came I, out a few months ago. Yeah, I didn't think that he looked that much different, but I didn't really pay attention. You know what I mean? But yeah. we watched it after he passed away because I'd seen it when it came out on Netflix and asked Barbara if she wanted to watch it. And she's like, now I don't even know what that is. And then, <laughs> and then obviously after he passed away, then she's like, what was that show? That was that? Watch that? I'm like, oh, now you want to watch? She's like, well, yeah. But I mean, it was all right. Yeah. It, it, it's okay. I mean, he's not in it a whole lot. What war is that about? It's the Vietnam War. Vietnam War, okay. Yeah. He's not in it a whole lot just because of the way the story is set. Yeah. But um, I mean, it it's okay. It's, it, it's Spike Lee, so it's very political and, and whatever but it's it's fine mm-hmm. um the, the movie that i did want to talk well to birds i watched birds of prey oh, oh okay nice. did you like that oh, God, no no yes, that was good. I, I liked it but i i <laughs> understand why people would like it but I don't know. I don't know if I just have a hard on for DC. If it was a bad movie, if it was an okay movie. Now, they did so like. I just don't like Harley Quinn. I don't know. Maybe I don't. That's it. Dead Deadpool. I feel like that movie was already made and it was called Deadpool, because it was like Deadpool. Because she does definitely talk to, going. She talks to herself. She, the, it's R rated. There's a huge going. soundtrack. I mean, there's like I don't. There must be fifty fucking songs in that. That's movie. That's why Suicide's because they switch too, it right. And then that, but that scene where towards the end where they're at the carnival or the fun house or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're they're bouncing around and beating those guys and the colors. It reminded me of like the 1960 Batman show, like just super campy, bow, pan, yeah. biff. Like that hit me, and then like you know a couple. I mean, there was like one or two scenes where I kind of chuckled with something. I thought I mean, when she went in and broke into that police, you know, uh, 
Now that one was kind of cool. She's yeah, shooting the, she's shooting all the cops, shooting all the cops and the colors and all that stuff. Yeah. That one was okay. That's what I I thought. Some of the and, cinematography and the action was really good, right? And I do think that Margot Robbie does a good job as the Harley Quinn. But then and, again, I don't. It's not like I really. I don't think that she does a bad job. So, I just don't like that character. Like I just don't I do. like that character Harley in the movie. Quinn? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not. A big fan I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't horrible. Like, it wasn't terrible, but it, it wasn't. But I understand why, like, if it was a success, I think it was a success. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah, I, don't I, mean, I, I don't think it was a bomb, but it wasn't. Yeah. Success. What I mean is I understand why it appeals to people, like, right. on, on, a, on a mass, on a, on a big scale. Like, I understand, like, it's not a niche movie. I mean, they did a really good job with, like, the action scenes. They were yeah. good. And the soundtrack, the music that they put, I liked a lot of the music in it. Yeah. And that's all it was. It was like fight scene. Let's throw five different sound, different music songs in here. And we'll just boom, boom, boom. We'll just wow. hit you over the head with it. And then the color, I thought the color was really cool. Like I liked the way yeah. they used the colors. Um, and, and, and the plot wasn't that bad. And that was it was very the simple. It was very simple. You it know? Was it's very, very simple. simple. You know where it's going for the most part. You kind of know who's doing this, whatever else. But I felt like between the action, the cinematography, and the overall acting, you know, in general, I thought it was entertaining, you know, to me. You you definitely don't go in expecting, you know. No, and I didn't. You know, great film by any means. Right, and that's the problem, like, with these DC movies. Like, I expect absolutely nothing from them. Like that's zero. You, maybe that's why I and enjoyed I'm it. Still, I felt like I had a fun time watching the movie. And I'm while still, I would go, it still doesn't compare to anything, say Marvel, where it has a little bit of that deeper, right? You know, aspect to it. You know, and I'm not even saying like they're trying to change the world or anything, but something about Marvel. You know how they build characters and right. and the the humor intermixed. You know, with things. You know, with good storytelling. You know, this wasn't good storytelling. You know, really. But it was you went it, to me. It's a lot like maybe say, uh, maybe like the Last Jedi or something like that. Right. You know, in which ooh, it's a beautiful film, but on its own, you know, it was entertaining. But is it a great movie? Nah, yeah. No, you know, type of thing. No, nah, I mean it. So the first, I, it took me three sittings to watch the whole movie. Oh wow. Like the first time How I sat down, man, like I fell asleep, like. <laughs> 40 minutes into it. I mean, it was late. I started it yeah. late. It was like 40 minutes and into it. And I can see falling asleep. asleep to a film like that. And then, and then I watched like maybe another 20 minutes of it. And then I finally sat down and watched the rest of it. But the, the thing that's going through my head is it's Ewan McGregor plays Black Mask. He's yeah. like the bat, one, the bad He's guy. The bad guy. And I'm just like, why? Like, what? Why would he play that movie? Like, does he think that that's the DC movie that's going to break through and he's going to have like a character? Well, obviously not. No, but like, him. well, they paid him, but I mean, I'm just it's like, probably true. I don't know. I mean, it's really like, I think he, he probably still... looked at it and felt like it was a fun role, is what I think, because he camps it up. He you does know, camp it up, but so even... I think that was probably the case. It's, and it's not like he even makes the best of choices sometimes. Oh yeah. Well, no, no, no. Like, I understand that, so, but but like you know, we're I don't know. It's I'm like is think it, of a movie you like that can make it. Is it just going through his head that like? Oh, he made that like I had a boulder or something. 
I suggest awful fucking film. Yeah, oh, maybe guys. he just likes he's awful really movies. Good. I don't. In Train Spotting, of course. I like Train Spotting, but that was like twenty five years ago. Well, he did the second one though too. He That's came back true. Around to that. I never saw the second one. So I, I don't know. I I yeah. I I didn't hate it, but it it was a chore. Like I. After the first time, like, I watched the first 40, I got, like, up to the police scene. Like, that's about where I got the mm-hmm. first time. And I was like, do I even want to finish this movie? I'm like, do I want to go back to it? Do I, and, and I'm like, eh, I guess I will, just because it's a comic book movie and, and whatever. I'll give it a shot. And you're on a comic book podcast? You probably should. Yeah. So you probably should. Man, I see you got HBO Max and you watch all these DC movies. I know. I got to try awesome. to figure that thing out. For you. Oh, that's fine. Um, I'm just saying that it's cool. That well, that's about all that's on there. There is a lot of DC content on there because I think there's, I don't know what's going on with like their DC because like the does DC have its did it sell out to HBO? It's his, their yeah. Warner Brothers owns HBO and DC. Oh no, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, because they have the Doom Patrol on there, yeah. right? But they don't have Swamp Thing. Oh, that's weird. And then they have like uh, some of the movies. And they have a lot of the animated, like the Batman animated. Yeah. They have a lot of that, but they don't have like the Batman animated series. Yeah, I don't know have, who's like, buying the DC Universe service and not having HBO Max. I guess they have a few more things. Well, yeah, like I mean, I I'd, I'd really like to go back and watch the Batman animated series and even the Superman animated series. Is that series. on there? You said or it's not on uh, HBO Max. I'm I'm wondering. It has to be on the DC. Yeah, thing, I think because it's, it's not on anything thing. else. No, I think it's on the um, I think massive is watching. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to go back and watch that stuff, especially the Batman one. Um, I did watch the Superman one a little bit. I like that, you know. But uh, yeah. anyway, good TV though was um, Umbrella Academy. Oh, was that good? Season two finished, was very good. I, we finished season one and we finished season two. Oh, nice. Season um, two is better. Yeah, I I didn't have a problem with season one. I liked it. I did too. I'm just saying. It was um, a little but yeah, season out. two, season two almost seemed a little drug out too. And part of season two was just like, seriously, like we're still doing this time travel bullshit. It's like that's the whole thing. <laughs> that's the whole that's thing. And it even ties into like three. Now we're gonna be more time travel stuff in season three. The way they set it up Maybe. at the end. Well, that's funny because the first Umbrella Academy, like of the graphic novel, there wasn't a lot of time travel. No, and but they kind of put that into season one of the show, and then season two was all. Yeah, they they kind of blurred some things there. I read uh, a second. I think in the first season. They took a lot mainly from the first graphic novel and some little bits and pieces from the, from from the, the second, second one. Yeah. Because, um, because Cha Cha and Hazel and Cha Cha were not in, in the first one. In the first one, yeah, they're in right. the second exactly. graphic novel and they're in the first series, the first season. I really like the way, like, I, I think the show's almost better than like the book. Like, well, yeah, well, it has more time, room to breathe. Right, and the book seems very simple, and they've really done. This is like the perfect way to like take a concept from a comic book with characters and do something almost completely, totally different. Because like Vanya, like she's like after the first book, like she's comatose for like yeah. the second series and the third series, and they totally flipped that. Yeah. Like with the second season, I mean, she has an actual, you know, role. Well, in the as my actor was so much better developed in the show, obviously. Yeah. 
Well, but my wife even found in the second season that Anya, she felt like was a better character in general, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, too, than in the first season. She yeah. felt like she was just kind of either whiny or just, you know, whatever. Type the first season. First season. Yeah, she was kind and of the second wider. season. She has a bit more of a, even though she has amnesia in a way, still right. has a bit more to to do, I guess, in a way. Yeah. And I really like um, Klaus. Like, he's one of my favorite characters, especially in season two. Yeah. Um, and he's not that. Well, see, that was my character in, in, in the book, but. In the first season, you know, I don't know, even between Klaus and I think some of the others, you know, where they were always going, they were building the characters, you know, type stuff and saying what they were doing, you know, and things. But I think that's where I felt like some things got a little slow, you know, in some cases. You know, in the case of Klaus, especially. You know, yeah. Well, I like that character. They spent, I know, one whole episode in season one where maybe it, it just didn't. Back. Yeah, right. Where it just didn't grab me on that particular right. character for whatever reason. Yeah. But in the second season, I did find it, it seems, thanks to what they did probably in the setup of the first season, what happens to, have you watched the second season? What happens to him in the second season is like, Oh wow! You went right to you've built this character, and he did shit that you would totally expect this character to do. You know yeah. that you built. Does yeah. that make sense? The way I'm right. saying, it. yeah. So it's a. I found it enjoyable, yeah, with, yeah. with a lot of that. Now, and I actually found even I found actually the guy almost all the characters I found more enjoyable in the second season than I did the first season, you know, for whatever reason. You know, even uh, you know the big ape guy, you know, loser uh, or whatever. Yeah, you know, he's. Even got a little bit more where he's just not so just wine, 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 you know, type thing or whatever, you know. And I thought that, uh, oh God, Diablo is that Diego, Diego, Diego. There you go. That he, uh, <laughs> he is actually a lot. He's he lightens up. I felt like in some ways, you know, in the second season. Yeah, a little so, bit. Yeah, but yeah, it's kind of cool because like they, yeah, they. You've seen the end of the first, first one. And they time travel, but they they all end up like in different years. Years, yeah, I think I caught that. But uh, yeah, it's kind of funny how they they do their stuff. And I mean, the music in that is like perfect. I mean, yeah, you think like I don't know, I don't know that Gerard Way has hardly anything to do with it, but you would think that he would just like with the music because the music in that is almost like bam, bam, bam. I mean, they hit you with like a lot of music, you know what I mean? For yeah. Different scenes and well, stuff. The first and it works really well. Haze and Shade of Winter. He actually yeah. did right. that. But I mean, as far as like... Choosing the music? Yeah, like choosing the music. And I really feel like like it's an integral part of the TV show rather than like, we're just going to throw in some music for like a fight scene or a soundtrack. I mean, it, it feels like, to me, like it works really well. Like somebody put some thought into it. Like yeah. some you know, more thought than normal. And I just wonder with his musical influence, if he has anything to do with that or if it's just showrunners and it just has his name on there. But no, I mean, I really liked the the second season. It just, it cracks me up because like they all get in the room and it's like the end of the world. They've missed a little bit of a spoiler. Like they missed their time jump. Like Like the shit's hitting the fan. And they're all whatever five or six of them are in one room, and they still can't stop arguing. They're just like fighting. They're like, "No, I want to go do this." And they're like, "No, I want to go do this." And they're like, "No, you listen to me. I want to do this." And then Bonnie's like, 
screw you guys. I'm leaving. I'm going to go do this. I'm like, seriously? Like, I know you guys don't get along, but Jesus Christ, you can, like, sit together for five minutes in one room and just figure something yeah. out. Because it's like they never figure anything out. They all just, like, they talk, and then one of them walks off, and then the other one leaves, and then somebody else goes off, and then number five is like, well, shit. <laughs> you know? It's like, but it, that gets a little, because at the, towards the end of the end of season two, where they're all in that room, and they Right before Vanya leaves to go, and then they all come with her. You're right. I was just like, really, seriously, like we're still there. You guys can't sit in a room and figure shit out. Yeah. <laughs> but but, um, they alluded to, and this won't really spoil anything. But keep spoiling stuff. No, this doesn't. But did you they ever? Did. Okay, fine. Oh. Did they did they ever allude in the books? Because I've read them and I don't. That uh, uh, what's his face, the main guy. The professor, the old guy. Yeah, I know you talk about the the guy who's teaching him. But yeah, yeah. Um, Reginald Hargreaves, Hargreaves. Yeah, Reggie. Did they ever allude that he's an alien? Yeah, apparently that was in the book. That was it. Was, that was in the book? book? I just read that shit. I don't I know, think it was in the first, but I thought it was in the third. Was it was in the third? But yeah. I think I saw that on like Wikipedia or something. Like I don't remember that. I don't yeah, remember. and I just read two and three, like just this week. And I don't do know. they talk about it in the show? They you make a reference. They, to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Supposedly that is a, hmm. a thing, but I don't right. remember it all either. Yeah. But that book was almost. I almost had to read that book twice the first time because it it's fairly the way it's presented they is read fairly. Fast. They read fast, but there's and a lot of information. Simple. That you have to pick up as you go. Right. That's in that's kind of alluded to, but it's not stated. Like there's not a lot of exposition. Yeah. So you really have to like, you know, pay attention. Yeah. So the books yeah. are kind of written but that way. It's almost like the the show. It's perfect because it's not like a straight adaptation, and they take just enough out of the book for people that read the books that are fans. And they throw it in and then they mix it up and they make almost a whole new, I mean, they do make like a whole new different thing. You know what I mean? Like I'd almost rather, you know, like when they do a Spider-Man movie or a Batman movie or a Superman movie or whatever, it's like, don't give me like the straight adaptation. You know what I mean? Like mix it up a little bit. Um, And I feel like this is a really good blend of like just taking the core and then just kind of making a whole new thing out of it. Well, when I watched the show, I hadn't read the book for like, five ten years i had neither whatever, so i didn't even remember much of the book and right so you watch the show it's like i kind of remember some of this but i have no idea if it's the same or it follows the story i mean yeah so but anyway that's that's who went I, to go see the new mutants i didn't i want to i really want to see it <laughs> i know you guys are gonna laugh at me but i'm a huge new mutants fan no, I i've heard that the movie is okay it might yeah. be terrible I'm i sure still fun. would like to see it yeah i'd like to see i it. heard it was okay like, yeah. pretty predictable it only made like what seven million ten million i think seven. they said yeah I, but what is to be expected because half the theaters are closed but the theaters are I still i heard about this what is it 800 men or whatever this movie it's like oh the chinese one the chinese one yeah, it's made like three hundred million dollars. That's all in China. That's a lot of freaking money. Well, their theaters are open and they have a over a billion people. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a lot of money. And then this tenant 
that kind of looks interesting, I guess. It, or it sounds interesting. Apparently, you can't hear it though. So that's a problem. I heard you couldn't hear it, and it was. Why can't you hear it? And it was taking itself too seriously. <laughs> because fucking Christopher Nolan doesn't know how to do a sound mix, apparently. Uh, huh. Yeah, people were complaining that they couldn't hear the actors or. And Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. The, the drive-ins got some, you know, good things going on there. They got like the double feature of. New Mutants with Bill and Ted. Oh, do they? Yeah. This oh. weekend. And then, oh, crap. You can go to the drive-in. I do need to go to the drive The other screen has the Russell Crowe movie. With, oh, I heard uh, that was horrible. With yeah, um, talking about that. whatever the hell we were just talking about. Tenet. 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 Yeah. Oh. I thought somewhere said that Tenet couldn't go to the drive-in if there were theaters around that could play. Maybe it that. shouldn't, but it's not like our drive-in is exactly been the... It's true the best on obeying the rules. They were also the ones that like showed the damn Kansas City Chiefs games or something, uh, playoff games and then got you may go to the drive in Metallica concert? No. That was like I get it. It was like hundred and twenty or hundred and forty dollars carload is pricey. For the Metallica what the, yeah. What? Brooks yeah. Like that to watch too. a concert on a Yep. Screen is $140 per yeah. carload, and you could get like I think it was four, five, six people, maybe. So, maybe I don't if care. You get six people, then you divide that up. That's still 25 bucks a person. It's 25 bucks a person, yeah. It was like I can buy Milan for 30. It was the same thing was happening with Garth Brooks when he did his, too. I mean, it was something in which it was costing. Well, and then they did that comedy tour, which was actually live. They did it at the drive in at Burt. Pressure. I thought the Metallica concert would be free. No. Well, I thought it was just going to be the standard, you know, driving drive cost. Fee. Yeah. No. But no, I'm they're doing all these. Was there. But they're they doing all these concerts like that, and the cost is like, you know, freaking but, 30, 50, 100 and something. It's just like, holy can't crap. somebody just like go and stream it on their phone? Probably. The other thing, though, too, with the drive-in, it, it was like. You could have six people, and they gave you like four free downloads of the new album or whatever. A new album? An album. Oh, an effing Metallica t-shirt. <laughs> you could buy it for 60 bucks, probably. That's probably what they used to do, set up. On their website. <laughs> can't believe that. Yeah, it was it's crazy. expensive. Yeah, it is. It is. For a freaking teleconcert. But that's... Right. I guess that's, we should talk about some comments. That's all I have. One thing before we do that, though, wrapping yeah. back around to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Uh, Bozeman, there. What do you think that, uh, well, Chadwick, there. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to talk about what What do you think that Marvel should do with Black Panther now? I don't know. You know, I've been seeing articles got about an opinion. that. Yeah, and, and, you know, obviously there's even petitions going out there that says, you know, don't hey, Marvel, do not, you know, that character is gone, you know, type thing. If you re don't replace him, just the same character with a new actor, you know, now if you want somebody else to take up the Black Panther mantle, it should be a new character, you know, a different, be like his sister. That's interesting. I don't know. I mean, Heath Ledger died and we still have new, new We still have millions of Jokers. But um, Although it's not an exact it's not exactly. I don't know. It's interesting that people feel that way. I think it's a, an initial gut reaction. I, I think sure. if you give them some time. But someone in the comics, like his sister, took over at some point. Yeah. As the Black Panther mantle. So I mean, they could do that, and then it would maybe make people not upset. And you also have a female. And so I mean, I think it, it hit a lot. Check a lot of boxes. Boxes. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I don't know what they should do. I mean, I think it'd be weird to recast it this soon. And I don't know who you would recast it as because he's kind of like Black Panther and now that he's passed away. And, yeah. I don't know. It'd be tricky. Weren't, I'd probably just let that. I don't know. Weren't they going to die? Didn't they have a Black Panther 2 slated? Yes, yeah, they, they did. did. It was on the schedule. Although they never really, they hadn't even started any. Yeah, they were all in the pre-production of doing the storyboarding, the still writing the script, you know, yeah. right, all that type of stuff. They were bringing back the same director. I can't think of his name. Uh, Brian something, I think. But, uh, Brian Coogler? Yes, there you go. Brian Coogler! But, hmm. uh, I don't even know how that is. Yeah, it seems like people don't want them to recast it. At least at this point. But I just wondered, even from a Marvel perspective, you know, yeah, I can see yeah, that. Especially with as much as how Chadwick, I mean, he really iconic, was an icon for that role, you know, in a way. Yeah, the problem yeah. with going with the sister in the comics, the sister's kind of a pain in the ass. Like, she's almost like not a good character. Like, she's almost like a bad person. Oh, right. So, but the movie, she's not. In the movie, she's not. So, I mean, they could go in any direction. Yeah. There's a lot of options. I think the whole, like, don't recast this is like, well, I mean, we've. We have a cinematic tradition of recasting people. Well, and you're exactly right. It's not like even Marvel hasn't done it already before in the yeah, cinematic universe. Correct. You look so, at uh, what the John Machine yeah. type thing. So, um, but Hulk, I mean, you that, know. that role meant a lot to a lot of people anyway. And then with them passing away, I think it is a sensitive subject. So I understand. Very true. It'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. I'm well, guessing you know, I think that they did so well with trying in you know for me i i did enjoy that movie yeah, but i felt like they did so well of trying to be something that was I, how do you put it you know good for that for something that is is a very could be a very strong subject matter you know that type of thing i mean it is a black superhero that you know is not tradition has never been you know in that kind of leading role type of perspective and you know they found a way to i think bring something not only that was popular for the masses but also very endearing to that culture yeah. you know as well and yeah. writing that line i think is it had to be tough and i felt like they did a good job on that and so yes with that i don't know that yeah it, it, they actually they have a lot of thoughts now. I just was curious on from your guys' perspective yeah. what you kind of thought about it because that is what seems to be trending in the the news, you know, right now. I don't have a strong opinion. I mean, like I said, I think it I don't either. And I'm the wrong person to ask because whatever I say, it's probably not going to be it's true. Politically. Politically. Well, that is very true. It, it, is, it is a sensitive subject, correct. you know, in general. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion. I don't have a strong and opinion especially one for way or us, the other. White man privilege, we do that. So let's <laughs> probably watch some of that. But, but yeah, it is an interesting question. It'll be, it's interesting to see what they'll do. I don't know. Okay. I mean, my... I don't feeling, have a solution if I didn't. No, I've, no. I've emailed Disney right now. My, my feeling is... Well, and Kevin Page probably wouldn't take it anyway. It's a, sure he's got his own plan. It's a movie character. It's a comic book character. It's it's not like I don't know. It's not. I mean, they should be able to recast it. It's not like the end of the world. It's not like sacred, holy, untouchable. I mean, you know. I mean, a bigger problem is if they ever recast Iron Man. I don't know how they're ever going to do that. <laughs> Robin Downey Jr. is so good. As yeah, that's true. So. I mean, I don't know. I don't. 
I'm still angry that they went to the Han Solo movie with the recasting. <laughs> what? Just didn't work for me. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, so Kickstarter, real quick. So apparently, the way to make a really successful comic book is to get Keanu Reeves to help write. Ex- I was going to oh, talk to you about. Oh my God! Wow. Did you hear that? that? All right. Yes. So Boom Studios decided to publish a comic, and it's got uh, Keanu Reeves is co-writing it with Matt Kent, and they've got an artist, Ron Garney, I think is actually Ron Garney. And so they're putting this comic book out, which I'm like, that's a cool thing, you know? They're putting it. Well, they decided to do a Kickstarter for it. Which is brilliant. At first, I thought it was dumb because I'm like, well, you're just going to publish the comic, but it's going to reach all the people who like Keanu Reeves but don't give a crap oh, about comic comics, books. Yes. So the Kickstarter in like 24 hours, or just over 24 hours, it started yesterday, like at, I don't know, noon or 10 or whatever. It's already up to like, what, 400,000 or something? Wow. I when I looked at it, it this morning, it was like wow. 290,000. Yeah. So it's just like. And the top, top, top tier, which was like, you get. Yourself in the comic so book. The four hundred twenty-three thousand. That you got like breakfast with Keanu or something. No, not even that. <laughs> no, be in the comic. You get to be in the comic book. That is crazy. So yeah, apparently that's the way you do a successful Kickstarter. You get a famous actor to help make your comic yeah, book. You get Keanu so, Reeves. Keanu Reeves. That's yes. true. What I don't. Get, here's my thing. It's like, uh, so Matt Kent is writing it. Or helping. I'm guess I'm guessing he's doing most of the heavy lifting I'm, I'm as far as writing. Too. Not that Keanu Reeves can't write. I'm just saying. I'm Is sure. Is some weird spy network or something? If Matt Kent. No, I think it's, it's like an it, immortal warrior. It's like John immortal. Wick if he was immortal kind yeah. of thing. Ah. Um, and John then, Wick isn't immortal. And Ron Garney, I'm guessing, is mostly work for hire or whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe they're paying him really well. So the, who's getting the money from this Kickstarter? It's Boom. It's Boom and Kiana, I think, are kick, are getting well, the lion's share. Boom is the one that's running the Kickstarter. Well, I know, but I'm sure Kiana's like, I get my cut. Well, they'll charge him. He'll well, charge a thousand dollars for each signature he has to yeah, sign. Yeah, whatever. Maybe but like you know, I'm, I so know. it's like it, it's kind of I don't know. From a comic book well, fan, it's like, man, I hope. I hope they're making Matt Kent and Ron Garney a good deal because I, I know they're not the the draw, but they are like the workhorse. You know what I mean? Right. But I mean, their deals got to be is it creator owned type of? Nah, I don't think. I'm sure Keanu Reeves owns it. You think so? Well, I'm I sure don't... Boom and Keanu Reeves have a partnership. I'm sure Matt Kent isn't in the ownership hmm. column well, there. They just brought him in to write, huh? I think they. Well, it seems like it was Keanu Reeves' idea. They asked him, hey, you want to make a comic book? And he had this idea, and they brought in Matt Kent to kind of help flesh it out yeah. and make it into like a – because I don't – like I said, nothing is kind of reason. I don't know that he's ever but written a comic book script. from perspective, it's coming from Keanu. And, and so boom. to your point, it's probably Keanu. I don't know. Boom. I just wonder how soon we're going to have the movie. I mean, like, I mean, how can you not make a movie, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a movie. I would assume. Though, it's it. like the old guard meets John Wick. That's yeah. what it looks like. They'll kickstart it. We'll kickstart the movie. I don't think he's so. sell the movie rights to Netflix. Yes. I think the Wachowski brothers are going to make it. Uh, uh, Ooh. The sisters. Wachowski sisters, sorry. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Let's talk about Sweet Tooth. I want to hear what Scott thought. He probably read all this before. Well, I had read um, a big chunk of it before. Uh, I, I, I had read the first trade before. Yes. So, oh, just the first trade? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is twice that. And so this is twice that. And I don't exactly know, though. I mean, reading it, so I don't know. It, you know, 
you talked about the basic premise of this, I think, last time we were on here. So I don't. I hope we shouldn't have to repeat that. You know, but it's sure. post-apocalyptic type of thing. You know, Sweet Tooth himself, you know, gets uh, picked up by the what is his name, Jeff, Jessup or whatever, like that type uh-huh. of stuff, and then dropped off at the whatever the hell you know they were supposed to be, whatever they were calling it. I don't remember, but basically the ranch. At that, yeah, the ranch or something. But they had like some term that he thought the they farm. were going to. Was it the farm? Well, the farm, but I, that wasn't what Sweet okay. Tooth thought it was. You know, gotcha. he thought he was going to some saving place. Yeah, you know, or something. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was a rumor. The laboratory. But instead, they take him to this farm, you know, or whatever, where they're, you know, experimenting the on these yeah. kids and whatever else because they're trying to find the magic cure to whatever the hell weird virus has taken out all these people. But. What's interesting is that he gets him to that place at the farm or the lab, I think, fairly early. I mean, it's like four issues in. Yeah, it happens pretty quick. Yeah, it happens really quick. The thing moves at a breathtaking pace, and I thought that was where the first trade had ended, but maybe I read, a, maybe there was an issue or two after it, but it just didn't seem like after that that there was a good stopping spot either. So I don't know how far I had really read before, but I remember at least that much before of... This kid with antlers gets picked up by this other person, gets taken to this place that's not what he thought it was, yeah. and he's basically, you know, a lab rat, uh-huh. you know, type of thing. So from that point, then, everything else was kind of new to me because either I had forgotten it or, or yeah, or whatever else, you know, it was new. So uh, the amazing thing with this is it reads so freaking fast. Oh, I know. Holy crap. I mean, it's so thick, and I, I and quite honestly, maybe it doesn't read because as fast. because you've been reading Sandman. Yeah, I that's a big chunk of it. But I think some of it is the fact that it you it's a it's a book though also that is moving at a fast pace. So you know you kind of it's got that page turning ability of oh where is this going you know that type of thing you know where you he's building the characters in this mystery just enough that it wants you to keep going. So while you know something like that, I, I'm a slow reader anyway because I sometimes <laughs> you know take the time to maybe look at the art or what they're doing, you know, and stuff and different things. And, and sometimes I may reread things just to make sure I fully comprehend it. But anyway, it, something like this probably did end up taking me like two hours to read, which probably you would be 30 minutes. So I don't know. It's still, I, I mean, it's still 12 issues. Yeah. It's still 12 I mean, issues. It's not going to go that fast. So, you know, and there's some text parts. I did there. find though that it, it for me, it felt quick, you know, yeah. the type of thing. That's the thing. It, it takes two hours, but you're like, but it flowed so well, and it felt like you were engaged the whole That's time. That's right. Exactly. And right. it didn't feel like two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I do enjoy it, but I thought it was something that I, I might, because I do like Lemire's work a yeah. lot of times. Um, the only problem that I think I have with Lemire is maybe similar to uh, what is the other one? The Why the Last Man? Oh yeah, type of thing in which they have a certain darkness, you know. Yeah. With the they'd like to throw in some humor, but overall, the the story a lot of times the what they're dealing with is kind of in a dark realm sure. you know, of things. Um, so they balance it, you know. Lemire balances it very well, I think, yeah. in some cases. But you just get the feeling that this isn't going to be exactly. The happiest of stories, sure, sure, you know, type type stuff. But I think his art style, I think, goes well with that too. You know, yeah. The thing with his art is interesting to me because it's not an art style that I would typically 
be attracted to. Be attracted to. Yeah. But it works in the stories he likes to tell, strangely Correct. enough. Do you? Yeah, I agree. It's like it's not like I'd see a commission by Lemire and be, oh, that's a great piece of, that's a cool drawing. Yeah, exactly right. But he's a great storyteller, and he evokes the emotions and the moods. In the moods. And, and, that, and that's the key, I think, that you hit on there, where he can invoke that emotion that he wants through the, the, the art of it. it yeah. he, you know, the one thing I've got to give him credit for is that I do find that his that the majority of his characters, anyway, look different enough that you can mm, tell, yeah. you know, between, oh, that's Jessup talking and not, you know, somebody else, you know, or whatever yeah. else. Or even in this case, you know, of the kids, you know, that are all different, you know, with being mixed yeah. with different type of animal uh, uh, attributes, you know, and things. And, but I think even when I read uh, Royal City, I felt kind of that way, too. I never had a problem of telling, telling characters which apart. character was yeah. which. You know, and things. So yeah. I, I've got to give him credit there because some uh, artists, you know, tend to have a certain style that you that sometimes can make that. Yeah, happen. it can. So I think it comes down to when they design the characters. Like when you design the characters, you want them to be distinctive enough to where yes, you draw yes. them in all different situations that they're going to be easily distinguished. By yeah, yeah. And I think he does a good job of doing. Oh that yeah, as well. I agree. But yeah, I, I'd be interested to read more of it. Although I do admit that I read the little spoiler thing there at the back a little bit uh, type stuff. They, uh, I don't know why. Probably because I am one of those people that can sometimes go to the back of the they novel. They put spoiler and stuff in the back? They did. Uh, it's a little brief paragraph. So, And there's it, a warning at the top. Yeah, there is a warning. Scott didn't heed the warning. Uh, yeah, because you turn to that page and it tells you a little warning. bit there. But... Right that there. red box right there. Is that warning? Oh. The following. Where's the warning? But that whole first page is not really spoilerific. That's basically what happens in the first book that you're holding there. Yeah. The second page is where the spoilers, is where the spoilers are. And it's like pretty brief, though. I mean, it's like one paragraph type of thing. Yeah. You know, type well, sometimes he changes his crap, too, by the time you get there anyway. So. Yeah, which could be. So you never know. But, you know, it, here again, it, you know... It's it much to me like Why the Last Man, you know, and say like a show like Lost, you know, and yeah. these type of things in which, for me, if the journey is enjoyable and something that I want to, that I'm buying into and that I'm, I'm having fun with or whatever else I'm interested in, the ending, if it never, if it doesn't really hit the mark for me, isn't that big of a deal because I enjoyed the journey to get there. And I feel like Sweet Tooth is in that that realm of things. You know, I talked about this with Why the Last Man. I think last time where why well, I'm not a huge fan of that ending. Yeah, I understand. I felt like it it was a place where that book could lead because he gave you enough you know hints throughout. You know that if this may not necessarily be a happy ending in this book, and it didn't exactly have the happiest of endings in that book. You know, type of perspective. But that journey getting there was so enjoyable that I don't. You know, hey, how do you wrap up something like that? It is what it is. Yeah. You know, even when it was the Paper Girls, we had that. The Paper Girls, it it's still solid ending, yeah. you know, type stuff. But the journey getting there so much, I I thought was so well done that while maybe, it, you, I think the ending on uh, on Paper Girls is a little bittersweet, you yeah. know, in some perspectives because of the fact that you know some things you know about the, these girls' future maybe in some ways. But also, the characters are so well done and everything else that you almost were sorry to see it end. You know, in, in some see, respects. the second time I read Paper Girls, I really liked the ending. Did you really like yeah, that ending? Yeah, it really, it really worked for me. 
I think the first time I was a little let down. You have to read it twice. You just have to read it Well, I think you, because I read it all at once, but you probably read it. I read it pretty close. I didn't have a problem with the ending. This has a really good ending. I read it. You didn't have a problem with the ending? I don't think it would be I don't know that I really had a problem with it. I just, like I said, the ending of that is a little bit more, I mean, it's typical, you know, of that. God, what was the writer? <laughs> I'm so much of on her. Yes, Brian K. Vaughn. You know that Brian K. Vaughn. I think tends to like that little bit of a bittersweet, bittersweet type of thing. You know, uh, slightly not really. I don't want to say tragic, but you know, not exactly yeah. the happiest of endings. And Paper Girls has some of that. I mean, it's the the thing with Paper Girls was I felt like it had a bit more of a ending where it was like hope, you know, type of things mm. or whatever else. It was optimistic. And, and it, yes, it did have a little bit of an optimistic vibe there, although you still knew certain things maybe that were going to happen with these girls' future that wasn't the, the best, you know, either. So, cool. anyway, uh, I digressed from there. But anyway, Sweet Tooth. I, I, I think you'll like them. So, it's yeah. What, it's not what you expect. That, that's good. That's good. It's not what it's Well, you read the back. spoiler warning. Well, I don't know if that's right, though. I have to read it. I, I think it probably is for the most part, but it, it seemed like it was a yeah, fairly... Oh, you had a bookmark easy. in there. More bookmark. No, it's just my binding slip. I figured you were using that as a bookmark. I am not. Eagle. I read Eagle. This is a omnibus Eagle. This is an old 80s black and white comic. Holy crap. It was kind of in the whole ninja boom that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kind of started. But the art is above average, I would say. It's by Neil Vokes and Rich Rankin. I love Neil Vokes. Do you? They had a funny story. I guess Neil Vokes was a good penciler and Rich Rankin was a good inker, and they were both trying to do both, and neither one was good at the other. So they said, hey, let's get together. I'll pencil and you ink, and so that's what they did. And they did this whole run. This is one of my favorite pages. I put it on Instagram, and Neil Vokes, actually. I tagged Neil Vokes, and he commented on it. Nice. There's a Grindle in there. I didn't notice that. He pointed that out. Look, it's Grindle with the little pronged mm. thing there. Yeah. He said he was just too lazy to draw all the ninjas. Is all he remembers. But uh, but yeah, this is a fun old 80s black and white book. I mean, this story is kind of cool. It's like, it looks like a ninja book, but then when you get into it, it's like... Magic. Sorcery. Well, there's magic and there's also science fiction. Like, I guess you back remember in, this very well? Back in like the 1800s, there was some like alien race that tried to take over. And then they've like integrated into society. And there's like science fiction-y stuff. Cylons. I remember nothing about this book except the cool artwork. Yeah, the artwork's really fun. I don't have the whole run. And they get really fun uh, pinups by people. One of them had Eric Larson doing one of them. But then uh, later on, they had a Tim Vigil one in there, which was nice. pretty cool. But, uh, I don't even own all. But it's like twenty three issues. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's definitely a thing of its time. Like, I mean, it feels dated. You know, it, the writing style is a little older. You know, sometimes it feels like it kind of drags a little too ex too much exposition, more showing, less telling type of thing. But uh, it's pretty funny. He's they got like a whole backstory for this character. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really, really fun, good old '80s black and white book. They just don't make them quite like this anymore. It's got a lot of words. Did it read fast? Yeah, it doesn't read that fast. And at points, it was at some points it was kind of like a grind. Like I knew I wanted to get it done for the podcast, and I had like six issues. I was like, man, it's taking me about ten minutes per issue. I'm gonna have to just sit down for like an hour, an hour and just and read this, knock yeah. this thing out. Man. That's what I did. I sat down and I knocked it out. If I knew I didn't have shit to read I'd you borrow, borrow that because i really want to well, i really want to read it and look at the artwork yeah it's pretty fun it's a good little series 
Like I said, of all the 80s black and white series, this is one of the ones that I think kind of holds up better than a lot of them, you know? I might have to take but, it with me for research. Well, you're welcome to borrow it. Like I said, I'm done with it, so... You're welcome to borrow it. But yeah, that was my main <laughs> thing that I read over the last couple weeks. I See, read... The problem is it's fantasy football season. Oh, so you got fantasy football. I have to, like, studied up on that, some of that. I read a lot of stuff, but I didn't finish a lot of stuff. Like, mm. I started a lot of stuff. <coughs> I did read... So... So... I've been seeing... it. Like, I get... I read Venom. I got caught up on Venom. And yeah. the free Spider-Man free comic book day kind of ties directly into like, one of the issues. But, Is that from uh, this year? Yeah. Yeah, I just, did it. I just got this. Wow. Where'd um, you get it at? Um, where I buy my comics online. Were you, so they just sent it <laughs> online or whatever type thing or whatever? Yeah, the, thing, the way it works is when free comic book day gets close, you get to pick. Like so many free comic book days. Because aren't well, I guess okay. So because they're this a retailer. Year, what the hell happened with free comic books? So are different so. places. Well, I got they're just canceled. like give them out over it's, time. Is it's that what they're doing? To it be, seemed like some places were like, "Hey, we're going to do a free comic book day weekend." You know, yeah, it's things. very just it's shatter, it's just hap haphazard. Okay. It's yeah, very supposed haphazard. to be like free comic book month or two months or summer. Where you're only supposed to put out like two or three books like every weekend or every Wednesday. Okay. I talked to one of the comic book shops around here and they explained it to me. There's a couple other comic book shops which, according to them, just did whatever they wanted and threw everything out. Okay. Which is not what they're supposed to do because they're supposed to spread it out so that people come back every week. Well, I was just disappointed because I kind of missed out on. Yeah, the there wasn't an actual there free like comic book totally day this year. Not yeah. really. It seems like a few people tried to have them, right? But it didn't. So, I do, I do enjoy Venom. It's Donny Cates has been writing it, and yeah. this run is um, Mark Bagley on artwork. So, also, oh, it's really good. That's pretty good. Um, but the main thing is, I kept seeing like on where I get alerts. From where I buy my comics, and it was like second printing of Venom number twenty four or twenty five or whatever, third printing of Venom twenty four. Oh, so what happened? And I'm like, what the f is going on? Well, apparently they introduced a new character. They introduced a new character, a new symbiote. Uh, yeah, bas well, sort of. I don't know. It's like a, it's named Toxin or oh, okay. or, but it's almost he's like a hybrid of. The green goblin and like a and a symbiote like a venom and a green goblin like combination type hmm. of thing. It's who does that art? Is that Bagley? Uh, no, this is uh, Coelho. Yeah. Um, Bagley did like up to twenty five, I think. But uh, no, you're fine. I was just trying to, I. And the thing was, whatever issue they had, like all these. That was doing all these printings. It didn't even seem like it was the first appearance of him. Hmm. Virus. It's virus. virus. Not and toxin. he looks like no. And he looks kind of like a green goblin, green goblin, goblin or symbiote, like a yeah. And he's got pumpkin bombs and all kinds of stuff. But that's why. And the other book that I've been seeing is Thor, like Thor number four or five. 
but apparently they're supposed to introduce like a new character in that book too, and so wow. it's gone. And that's to, like, also Donny Cates' book. Yes, Donny. Apparently Cates. they bribed him to create some new so, characters. So right, and so the, I kind of wanted to start the conversation because I was listening. I've been I've been listening to a few interviews lately, and I don't remember who it was, but they were like, you know, even back in the '90s or whatever, like. Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee and like Rob Liefeld and like all the image guys, like they kept their new creations and care and creators are doing that now. And like it, it brought me back to like conversation we had like maybe a couple years ago, but you're like, what's the most successful? Like, what's the new last character. new creative character? Deadpool and Venom. And Harley Quinn. Like, Harley Quinn. And they're like 30 years old. And it's like, because everybody now with the image model, Nobody wants to create anything new, and that's part, I think that's... Well, Rob Liefeld said back when he created Deadpool, and he created all of his stuff, that Jim Shooter had a thing in where you got a chunk of that. Mm -hmm. So you owned a part of that character you created, and that was an incentive to create stuff. Right. So Rob Liefeld owns a chunk of Deadpool. Every time right. there's a Deadpool comic or a Deadpool movie or whatever, he gets a chunk. Yeah. It's not a large chunk, but a little chunk, but right. it adds up. Well, I don't think there's any incentives like that now yeah. for Marvel because they're a big corporation now. They don't want to give any kind of right. ownership, so nobody's creating anything new. Yeah, exactly. Why would they? Right? Exactly. Why not just plug along? Although with, now you have Punchline at DC. Yeah, punch yeah. Line. So it seems like they're there's like a there. they're trying, but they're all such derivative characters. I know. Like this, or what's his name? Poison? What did I say? I don't know. Venom? Virus. Virus. Virus and Punchline, it's like a Harley Quinn kind of Joker thing, yeah. and I'm like... Which that, yeah, because I don't... They're, just, they're the worst. I mean, not that Deadpool and Venom were super, like, original, but they kind of were. Like, Deadpool, I know he's like a combination of Spider-Man and kind of Wolverine or whatever. Wolverine, yeah. I get it, you know, and he looks just like Deathstroke, whatever. Right. And talks just like him, I understand. But, like, Venom, I mean, it was kind of an original idea. Hey, here's a symbiote. It's like this super crazy. No, evil yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, Venom was an original. I mean, I mean, not original. It's somewhat derivative, but it was still kind of new and different. Right. These things just seem like derivative of derivatives. Yeah. But whatever. It is. What but do there's I know? some of that nostalgia factor there sure. to try Amen. to tap into. I'm sure with some of it. People are buying it up. Mm hmm But anyway, Venom. Venom. It's it's all right. So Kate's is still writing it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I think like the the Thor one, I haven't read it yet, but I think it's supposed to be like. So the thing with this is, um, there's this, and I think it started like in a Thor, maybe in an other Thor book, but it, it or no, it was Cosmic Ghost Rider, no Black Black Silver <laughs> Surfer. Sorry, I keep it's Donny no, Cates. You're all good. So yeah. it's Black Silver Surfer. There's this there's this character called like Null or Kroll. He's supposed to be like the like the badass, like father of all symbiotes or whatever, like the god of symbiotes or whatever. Nice, really. And he was introduced like in the Black Silver Surfer. Gotcha. Well, this Thor issue because I went into um, Hero Haven and I was talking because I'm like, what's going on with Thor number four or five? Why is it all blah blah blah? And what's going on with Venom? And why is it blah blah? And he's like, yeah, there's a new character. And he was saying that it was the first appearance of that Kroll or Null, or whatever the hell his name is. And I'm like, no. He was in Black Silver Surfer Black, or whatever. He's like, I guess not, because now it's this. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. It's like, now, I don't know how many first appearances we have. And that's another thing, like, 
the comic book industry it's like nobody buys comic books to read them now it's all collectors like oh Man, my god this is the first yeah it's all speculation it's like we're back in the friggin 90s well you buy the comics to read them but then you don't read them well i do but i eventually i don't buy i don't go out and just buy a comic book because it's like oh it's the one that's what i'm four. saying it's you buy them to appearance. read them but you don't read them right but i don't know it, it but just, he will someday when he but there's, there's two kind of comic book collectors now there's the guys who buy them to read them but don't read them uh-huh. and then the guys who buy them because they think they're hot and for they're speculation. Gonna, for speculation right nobody actually buys them and I'm reads them that's they, ridiculous they, they buy them they send them to get them graded, so, right. and they have it framed for years <laughs> there's and, guys, and there's the guys like you who buy them and then don't read them I was on, those are the two types of comic books I was nobody on, reads comics anymore no, nobody right. actually reads them I was on Facebook that. some people buy them to read them and don't and they have like the CBR or whatever Newsarama yeah. and uh, it was about the Eternals oh yeah they upped the price on they it. upped the price on it so there's like they're doing a new Eternals comic because the movie. the movie oh it's got east arabic i'm gonna i'd almost buy that crap and they upped the price but didn't up the pr- the the page count uh-huh. and so the question was will you buy this book it has like 37 variant covers oh my oh. god that sounds <coughs> awesome 37 variant covers are you gonna collect them all no like, oh, they're five dollars a pop, but that's like somebody was Ooh, saying they're, only they're five like, bucks a piece. Yeah, they're five. Well, the cover price is five dollars. I'm sure with the variant covers, you're gonna have a one in twenty, a one in well, fifty, like that a one in a hundred, a one in two hundred and fifty. Detective one thousand wasn't that like it had ten covers. But how many? People they were ten bucks a piece. I mean, you're talking like a hundred and freaking eighty something. If it's only cover whatever. price, if you're only paying cover price, but a lot of those variants are gonna be. Well, one in have... 20, one in 50, one in it's 100. Old, uh, they're not going to be cover they price. They don't have girlfriends. They they, what else price. do they spend their money on? It's like, Jesus Christ, you could probably spend $1,000 on 37 different variant covers yeah, for Eternals oh, number one. Can I? That sounds awesome. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm like, going to have them all. I'm going to put them like on my wall and be like, look, I have all the variant covers. Right? Of Eternals. And the movie's going to so, hit. Oh, the movie poster, like right in the middle, have all the variant covers. So there somebody... It'll be like a like, shrine to Eternals. Somebody commented... They said, Star Wars. That's true. It was your theory. They were like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would they raise the price of the first issue? They should make the first issue a lower price to get people to buy it so then that they'll get hooked and then they'll continue to buy the series. And somebody... I think what they learned is nobody actually continues to buy this. Nobody reads it. Well, no one's going to read it, so they're not going to get hooked. They're like, this book's probably going to be a silent a steaming POS. <laughs> so it's make a ton but of the money. Problem is, it's only going to be won't read it. Right. It's only going to make it to like six issues. It's going to be canceled. So they have to cash in on the it's first a, issue. There's no long game. No, there's no. <laughs> Someone no. thought there was a long Somebody game. Somebody thought there was a long game. <laughs> That's so silly. It's the cash grab. Ever since Star Wars One came out and they made all that money, they're like, "Dude, we just make big number one issues. Who cares what happens after that? We made all our cash on the first right. issue." I know. Mm. It's probably true. It's the Um, Did anybody else have anything else? I got nothing. Drew might, though. I don't really have much. I just had one thing that I just quickly wanted to talk. I got caught up on Savage. I just read 251. So I read 240. Well, I'm not caught up then. I read 248, 249, and 250, which. That's a crappy cover for 250. I did. But it. It's Simonson. It is cool, but it's like it's not no, the one no, no, I no. want to like. It's solicited. I don't. 
I don't see the pictures. I just see the names. Simonson. And I saw, excuse yeah, me. I saw Simonson. Which and I'm like, ooh, Simonson. Oh, did you? I'm like, Simonson, that'll be cool it's to see Simonson on Savage Dragon. Long, maybe. <laughs> it, it wasn't as cool to see him on Savage Dragon as I thought it would be. But yeah, um, he drew the kids. Well, he, Dragon's in there. That's true. But anyway. Um, yeah, I should just stick with the Larson, always. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of cute. Whatever issue, 249, the one where, or maybe it's 250. Is 250 the COVID? Where it's like... This day we do this, and then this day we do that. Yeah, I, and think, it's, so. I think it's two fifty. Which two two fifty is great. I, I don't want to pay ten dollars for just twenty pages of the Savage Dragon, and then a, a bunch, bunch of, of villain stuff. stories. There's an Andy Coon story in there. I know that was cool. I did want to mention. I forgot about that. I did want to mention that. So shout out to Andy Coon. Well, yeah, but he does that every kind of. 25 issues. Yeah. You just suck it up if you want to buy it or not. I mean, well, no, I know, but... It's what part I'm, of the collecting Savage Dragon. You pay your 10 bucks every 25 And issues, I think... And you suck it up. And Eric Larson's kind of an old school guy. They probably did that with, like, anniversary issues where they just threw in a bunch of reprints sure. or whatever and, and did it. But, I mean... I mean, obviously, I'm going to buy it. And they're not even reprints. They're new stuff. It's just well, stuff yeah, I really care just, about. It's periphery characters with these little short stories. Yeah, and this one was, like... Even most of the time, I'm not even I sure read I read them. all of them. I didn't either. I skimmed I mean, I through most, a lot of read it. Read most of them, but I skimmed through a lot of it. But that that book is just I, I don't know that whole thing with like the the two spider chicks or whatever, where they're flying around and shooting stuff out there. Woo woo! Shoot stuff out there. Woo woo! And then that's what spiders shoot silk out their butts. Yeah. That's how it works. That's how it works. There's that, these spider chicks shoot out their hoo-hahs. With dragons talking to the Pete. And that's great. It's like Pete yeah, and, and Jamie. And it's like a total rip-off of Spider-Man, obviously. Yeah. And when it's, uh, Savage is talking to him or whatever, and uh, what's his wife's name? Maxine. Maxine comes in. She's like, are you watching porn? And he's like, no, I'm talking to, to Pete. She's like... There's like spider chicks flying around shooting stuff out of their shooting webbing out of their hoo-hahs. It's like, yeah, that's just the spider chicks. That's it. It's like I think she walks by and sees it or something. I'm just like, oh my god, that is so funny. She's like, why are you watching porn? I'm not watching porn. And then the whole joke with it, because that thing's gotten so adult with Maxine's oh mom. Yes. And the other guy that made the porn sex tape. The sex tape. <laughs> Dragon Slash. She's watched it like 75 times. I can't get her to stop watching it. And because he's talking to the other chick and she's like, Are you going to watch it? He's like, She's like, No, I'm not going to watch it. Are you? And he's like, uh. She's like, Have you watched it? <laughs> he's like, Yeah, I've watched it. Okay, sorry, I watched it. But, oh, that's funny. But they did do a thing where it's like, Because he has. So his big thing is Savage Dragon is in real time when 30 days of. Savage Dragon, uh, 30 days go by, like, uh, 30 days in Savage Dragon go by, like, it ages in real time, and so he had to address COVID, and so they had, he kind of, he didn't do it, like, 30 pages an issue, but it spread out, but it was like, what are we gonna do today, and it's like, I don't know, we're locked up, so it's just them and the kids, and then, like, the next day, it's the same thing, like, them and the kids, or whatever, you know what I mean, so it's kind of, I don't know, very surreal or really good for the time maybe. yeah really good time but um now savage dragon's good is 251 good 
Well, yeah, it is, the uh, cliffhanger at the end is dragon comes yeah, back. Yeah, like some alternate dimension dragon comes back. Oh my god, we're in another alternate. I want to go back and we, we, this is what we should do. Oh, we should, should go get. back. We should go back and reread Savage Dragon from issue one. Like, do it on the podcast. You just give me a copy there too and we just... Because <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never... I mean, I've read probably oh, very you, little. Really? I got my first two bound. My first two bound? Savage Dragons. Dude, those are... Why would you have done Actually, that? they're not money. Volume one. Volume yeah, I guess two. they sit on a shelf. Volume two. They're not you money. Could, you just you could hang up. You could pat plaster your wall with the savage treasures. They're heavy too. They got weight to them. So how much is in? These each are newsprint book? though. About twenty five. Twenty five issues per. Book. Yeah, this one's a little thicker because it had the three issue miniseries. Hey, this one's number zero. It is autographed. Had the zero issue and the three issue miniseries before it started. The three issue miniseries is newsprint, and then he goes to nice paper. I believe this one starts at twenty six. Oh no, I started this one at twenty four. I tried to kind of break it up, so this is twenty four through fifty. So, but yeah, the square bound one didn't turn out too bad. It seemed to work okay. It was a little bit in the gutter. Oh, uh, the square bound. Because I wasn't sure how that would work out, but it seemed to work out okay. There's two thirteens in this one, isn't there? Did I put both of them in there? I don't I probably know, did. did. You? you should have. I probably did. I don't really like the Jim Lee one, but I probably did. Can't remember what I decided on that. Oh, that's eight. Was it eight? No, it was 13, I think. You were right. First time. Or 11. I thought it was 13. But, anywho. Yeah, Pencil this came. Pencil Jim Lee. 13. Oh, yeah, I did do the Jim Lee one. Well, the other thing I did. Good old days back there at Image. Yeah. You know? So, what we're talking about is... Um, so there was one month where, um, all of the, um, image creators, creators, image guys like swap they, their books, they swapped their books and they each did. And so Jim Lee did issue 13 of the Savage Dragon. Wow. But I then dust jacket for my, I hate Fairyland. Oh, but then it? well, I had it printed. I mean, Eric Larson, I mean, I designed it and I printed it. Eric Larson wanted it. Where did you, like Kinko's or something? Or? Walgreens, actually. Walgreens? Really? Just on photo paper. Yeah. Yeah, that turned out kind of nice. It did. That is you, you put it in front of the camera there. I mean, a dust jacket from my hate Fairlane hardcover. Yeah, I mean, it looks nice. cool without the dust jacket and all, but I thought it'd be cool. I, I like the A few of them I like having the dust jacket. of the feel and yeah. something of that. Yeah. Huh. You need to play a little with the, you know, margins and so stuff. That's a complete series? Yeah, it's the first, the whole, I hate Fairyland. Yeah. So you are planning on rereading Savage Dragon then, obviously. Well, I'm not going to read these right away, because I reread Savage Dragon uh, a couple of years ago. I reread the whole run. Really? It doesn't hold Fairly up. Recent. No, it holds <laughs> up really well. It's just, I don't, I don't know that I want to sit down and read the whole thing. Then why would you get it? Well, I'm going to eventually go back and read it. I just mean, I don't, but we, if you want to start reading I'm totally down yeah, with that. If you want to read like five yeah. issues of podcast or something that'd be cool with that wow so i just want to show you because i finally came you didn't put the price on here i did not because it doesn't have a price it's priceless you need to though infinity uh, you need well, to put that yeah priceless. we're done all right we're done thanks for listening everybody <laughs> thanks especially to chris grind for hanging out with us for yes. yeah that was fun and we will uh see you guys in a couple